Welcome to Cosplay and Cocktails. This is Paige. And I'm Jesse, as always. As always. Uh, listener, listen to this. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can tell or not, um, but this is uh, one of Cosplay and Cocktails' amazing, uh, infamous road trip episodes. Yeah, in the new car. In Jesse's new car. Brand spanking new car. Yeah. So this is the inaugural. Tell us if you can hear a difference, ASMR lovers. Yeah. Or just regular, regular lovers. Just regular oh lovers. <laughs> I hope none of my lovers are listening to the podcast. None of my, you know, plethora of gentlemen callers. <laughs> or, you know, non gentlemen callers. Don't know who my callers are. <laughs> You don't know who calls. If anyone knows who your callers are, it's me. <laughs> you don't know who he calls upon me in the night. <laughs> um, yeah, so we actually are on our way home um, from C2E2 in Chicago. It is the last con of the year for us. Yeah, oh yeah, because it's December. The year's almost out. Yep. Um, Christmas. Yeah, so um, we are going to tell you about our second trip to C2E2. Yeah. This is only the second time we've ever been. Um, yeah, but the scheduling, it's changed a lot because of COVID and just because of other things. A lot of we'll cons really yeah. have, have messed with when Ooh, they're... Yeah schedule for but we'll get into that um we don't have cocktail corner today because we are in the car so yeah. our cocktails are wa- ice waters Water. <laughs> I, mean, I got a perrier in the back but i'm not yet yeah. open into that other uh seltzer waters are available true um so since there's no cocktail ca- corner this week jesse you feeling curious about uh, anything yeah question that is a road trip themed question love it um so we are currently uh like being said driving back from chicago and the gps has taken us kind of a strange way kind of a back way we've not yet really been on the interstate hardly at all no uh so my question for you is and this remembers for you two listeners uh what is your favorite um, little stop that you made on a weird random detour. Like, so let's say there was traffic, so the GPS diverted you, or maybe construction, or just like what we did today, where we just typed it in the GPS and followed it and ended up out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, what's your favorite little hidden discovery from an unexpected? Um, so the only thing I can really think of, um, we, I think we were on our normal route, but we got off of our route on our way home from Houston. Um, we went off the beaten path a little bit and ended up in this little town in Arkansas called Wilson. They they had just done up the whole town really cute, and the restaurant we ate at was really good. And it was just like a nice little like breather away from, uh, yeah. you know, the it trip. Was, they had uh, state park there uh, or state forest or something. Yeah. Uh, so they would put in some, you know, just one of those little, probably would not, no one would ever stop there if not for the state park on one side. Right. And then it was close to Johnny Cash's boyhood home. Right. Um, 
which is why we stopped there. Yep. Uh, what is your answer? Johnny Cash's Boyhood Home, probably. <laughs> I really like that a lot. Yeah, but you planned that. We didn't plan it. We you said, yeah, I'm going to make you go to Johnny Cash's Boyhood Home. I, if we had time and like the timing worked out and everything, then yeah, I thought we might. But, uh, you know, if it hadn't have been like we were hungry anyway and it all worked out, I wouldn't have made you stop. Because we, we were there right as they closed. We were on the last tour mm-hmm. of the day. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, as previously mentioned, today's episode is going to be all about our little trip to C2E2 this weekend. I also already mentioned that this was only our second time at C2E2. Um, our first C2E2 was 2020. It was yeah. literally like two weeks before. Yeah, a little bit, about two weeks before. Uh, things really started shutting down. Uh. So about a month after Dragon Con, we, uh, you know, had decided we were going to go to C2E2 and we started discussing cosplays. Um, I think we were both a little burnout from cosplay prep for Dragon Con. We had just cut like, that's such uh, a... Well, it was more for me, like, I finished most of my cosplays well before Dragon Con this year. Oh, yeah. For me, it was more knowing that C2E2 was... During the school year for you and stuff. Yeah, it's, like, right before... The finals week is next week. Right, right. So, uh, this is, like, busiest time of the year work-wise for me. I knew I was going to have a ton of stuff at the holidays. And, like, Dragon Con, leading up to Dragon Con, you know, Dragon Con is right after I go back to work. Right. Um, so I'm off for three full months pretty much before, right before Dragon Con. Right. Whereas I'm off none before right. CGV, like, you know, most conventions. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think, I, I don't mean like, I knew going in that I did not want to put hours and hours and hours of work in my costume. See, and I think I was just a little, like, unsure of what I wanted to do because we had just done so many. Yeah, we had no, yeah, I was going to say that. When That's more what cooking, I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't as much burnout on making them. Yeah. Or it was just that we had just used, you know, our big dump of ideas on Dragon Con. Right. And we, at Dragon Con, started brainstorming ideas for next year yep. at Dragon Con. As we do. we were like... <laughs> Do we want to use any of these ideas for smaller cons throughout the year? Yeah. Yeah. And again, we've mentioned before on the podcast, we're kind of the point where we've done a lot of the things we definitely, definitely, definitely want to do. And, you know, we just kind of, you know, we're like, we definitely are going to cosplay. Right. Do we want to match? Do we care about matching? You know, uh, what are our ideas? So we, we got it. We didn't really have any any strong feelings about any particular right right idea so we got it down uh to a couple of options we got it down to um a mother gothel rapunzel mashup or a princess bubblegum uh or marceline mashup or a good omens or american horror story hotel group um all ideas that we've had kind of sitting around, um, but we just couldn't decide which one we did. So we put it up on our social media and let uh, people vote, and we did two rounds of voting. So the first round was between American Horror Story Hotel um, and Good Omens, and the second was was, uh, Rapunzel and um, Adventure Time. And so... Good Omens won. Good Omens and Tangled won. Yeah, Yeah. 
So then we put that one up for debate as well. And uh, Rapunzel and Mother Gothel won out on that one. So we knew going into that... Um, we wanted to try to do it. Like, when we put the thing up, I was like, okay, we should only put this up if we, like, legitimately will... Do any of them? Yeah, like, yeah. if, if Which that... I think if we would have. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was like, if we do this, it, like let's actually do what wins right because a then we don't have to try to take 17 hours to decide right which one to do based on pretty much arbitrary stuff and also then we don't have to you know it's a cool thing to do like our listeners pick to cosplay right you know like you guys picked our cosplay to do so right uh yeah I, i'm glad we did it because it yeah did, like it, and we now we have like, other okay, ideas too yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so like I said, uh, our tangled mashup won, yeah, and we, we didn't, knew we didn't vote on the mashup, right? We just no. We we said that it would be some kind of yeah. mashup, but that we didn't okay. name it specifically okay. because I don't think we really knew at the time. No, that's why I was thinking. I can't remember how we really decided. Um, but pretty quickly, uh, we decided to do kind of a. It kind of evolved. It yeah. It was. It went through a lot. It of. went through a lot of phases. <laughs> uh, I I had found some art, some um, fan art, Art Deco type fan art that I really liked, and I was like, "Ooh, this is pretty." And then Jesse would send me something. So what it ended up being was, uh, you know, a twenties, thirties spin on yeah, tangled vintage. Yeah. Vintage, yeah. Um, and we kind of went general because we both kind of went a little bit different yeah. direction. But I think we they went, mashed well yeah, together. Yeah, they, like yeah. people got it. That that was the only thing I was worried about. Well, which we'll talk about yep. later. But yeah, I you went more like flapper. Mm-hmm. I went more old Hollywood because I wanted to wear a turban. Right. <laughs> I wanted to be very dramatic and wear a turban. Those were my primary uh, concerns. Doesn't take much. Just so, basically put a turban on and you yeah. hit that every day of yeah. your life. Uh, I just, yeah, wanted to be as dramatic as possible. So, um, so Jesse, why don't you jump into yours first, your cosplay uh, construction. So, as I said, assuming that part didn't get cut out, I honestly don't remember when I said I it. I don't either. Um, uh, I wanted something that, that's part of the reason why I was like, okay, Mother Gothel, I've got this old Hollywood idea. Um, I want something that I can put work into so I can still be proud of it. And like, also I'm not gonna, that's a very specific idea. I'm not going to find something, you know, off the rack that is, um, you know, mother Gothel reads as mother Gothel, but also reads as old Hollywood or 1930s. Right. And, uh, Plus, you know, I wanted to do some work. I just wanted something that would be, like, quick and easy if all, everything went to hell or if things got really busy at work or whatever. Right. So, uh, I found some pre-made dresses. I ordered two of them for pretty cheap. Ones that I would wear anyway if they didn't work out. Uh, with the intention of modifying them, I ended up going with a satin one, like a burgundy satin and uh uh really the most work that I did was the dress was a not a short sleeve but the sleeves didn't go all the way to my elbows yeah um so uh which I thought fit the style the 1930 style but didn't really fit mother gothel I wanted um some flowier sleeves to match her bell sleeves 
uh, and I wanted to incorporate more gold because the inside of her sleeves are gold. So I bought some gold, um, gold scarves uh, with some, they had little flowers on them, which I thought was appropriate for the Mother Gothel Tangled theme, if you've seen the film, little gold flowers, and, uh, and I had to cut them into uh, kind of a sleeve shape, I guess, for lack of a kind of a inverted trumpet-like mm -hmm. shape, I guess, mm -hmm. and uh, that, uh, the, the, so that took just some more planning than I generally do when I sew, because uh, only one side of the scarf had the trim that I wanted to show. The other side was just a plain hem. So, uh, I had three, which was lucky because the first one I kind of, uh, I didn't ruin it. I could have still used it, but I had done the sleeve where you wouldn't see any of the trim. Mm. So, uh, I hand sewed the sleeve first to make a sleeve, a sleeve. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I attached the sleeve to the dress, which I also hand sewed because, um, it was pretty delicate, the fabric, um, and I didn't want to machine, sh machine sew it. I also didn't want a hem showing where I had sewn the sleeve on, so or a seam showing, so uh, I hand stitched it, did a little hidden stitch, and I was really happy with it. Uh, I did mismeasure one of them the first time, the first one when I was putting on. So a few minor mishaps, but overall nothing too difficult. I bought a longer kind of shrug type scarf. Uh, one that, you know, you wrap around yourself, not really wear around your neck. Uh, and I used that to make a cape with. Uh, really the only thing I did with it was sew it to the front of the dress so that it was a little capelet like onto the dress or a little cape more cape than a capelet um, to mimic Mother Gothel. Again, that was a 1930 style of cape dresses and uh, mimicked some of. Um, I sewed that. I bought some. I went thrifting. Uh, I did some thrifting for this costume. That was another thing. I didn't want to spend a ton of money on it. Uh, we weren't really sure what the vibe was going to be like for C2E2. And sewed the cape on to the front. I bought little, uh, her cape has like a metallic clasp in the front. I found, uh, weirdly, I had weirdly good luck at the thrift store. I almost didn't go because I was like, what are the chances that I'll find right. randomly anything that will work? But I found a handbag that was really close to what I wanted. And I found a, uh, pair of clip-on earrings that I bought because they were like a dollar fifty, and I thought they looked like they might be useful for something. When I went back to rewatch the movie as a reference, I saw that uh, her cloak she has little circular clasps mm -hmm. to hold it. So um, I just made mine purely decorative. They didn't hold the cape on since the cape was sewed on, uh, and. So I just kind of clipped them on to be decorative to look like they were holding the cape on. And then I bought some earrings uh, that I look, she wears little triangular uh, pendulum earrings. I ordered some kind of art deco-y looking uh, 
triangular earrings to kind of match, mishmash those two styles. And uh, the only other thing I think I really did work-wise was I painted a flower, like a yellow lily to look like the flower from the movie. Mm -hmm. I put some purple on the inside with some purple like pearlescent paint. And I just glued that onto my handbag to give it a little uh, extra tangled touch. Mm -hmm. uh, I made a, like a little thing for the belt, but it didn't end up. I made several different belts. So I had some belt issues. Not really issues, just I couldn't decide which one to wear. Then I was trying one on the day of the con to show you, and I broke it. So... Uh, but I was actually happy with the way the belt worked out. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it worked out really well. Uh, uh, wearing the two belts, I basically mismatched. I made two different belt options. And the day of the con, I basically put them both together. Um, yeah, so overall I was happy. Oh, I curled my own hair. Did my own hair. Uh, and just some kind of tried to do some dramatic makeup. We did, it was, uh, masks were required the whole time we were at the convention, so, uh, uh, you know, but I tried to do a dramatic eye look at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and I was, like I said, overall very happy with how it came out. Mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. I was a little bit worried. We had discussed that I was a little bit worried that it wouldn't read as Mother Gothel even next to you. I was like, I think it'll help. Then I'm with you, because yours was clearly Rapunzel. Right. Um, and I had made, that was another decision. Every step of the way, that was another thing that was difficult. It wasn't so much the making of the costume, but every step of the way trying to plan something that was going to read as both a vintage look mm -hmm. and also as Mother Gothel. Yeah. And I knew being next to you would help with the Mother Gothel. Balancing that is hard a lot of times. But, yeah. Like, because we saw, even we saw a mashup type of costume in the costume contest at mm -hmm. CTV2 that we both said it was super beautiful, but neither of us would read it if read it as the character. Right. We'll talk about that. But so that was also difficult. My hair, looking back, I think that might be something I would have changed is I might have gotten a more Mother, mother gothel wig. Mm -hmm. um, but instead of just curling my hair, but mm -hmm. I wanted my hair to have a vintage look to it. And also I wanted to wear the turban and I was worried about a big, big curly wig. Mm -hmm. you know, she's got a lot of hair, really yeah. big hair. So I was worried about the turban fitting over that as well. And again, I didn't want to spend like $38 right. on a wig for a costume that I had not spent even probably $38 right. on. So um, overall, I really was really, really happy with it. I'm really happy. I think the sewing the sleeves, that's a technique I might use again. Um, like maybe for one of my Dragon Con cosplays, the only one we've decided on. <laughs> I was happy with it. I was pleasantly surprised at how many people got it. Yeah. Uh, said like, oh, and your mother got a And, no. Yeah, so, um, we, when we decided that that was an option, uh, Jesse had said, like, mm, I'm a, Mother Gothel has big Jesse vibes, like, I'm gonna do that. And, and I was like, because we had also discussed, um... Well, we decided that you would do Rapunzel and I would do Mother Gothel before. But, right, that's what I'm saying, before, before we had even done that. So, honestly, my, <laughs> um, my costume journey, uh, was a lot. Um, I started out in a much more whimsical fantasy, uh, lane 
And so I had a pattern, um, which was basically like a ball gown pattern uh, that I was altering. And I went with like a lavender um, satin um, and made, made a ball gown. And so I had this big, big fantasy gown direction I was going in. Um, and like I said, I had, I had it made and put together and was starting to drape cause I knew I wanted there to be lots of flowy stuff over top. Um, and kind of had an idea, uh, had already bought everything for that, had an idea of what I wanted and I started putting it together and I just, I had lost every bit of, uh, vintage look I was going for within, like I was going too fantasy and not enough anything else. And I just really hated the way, uh, like the dress was pretty, but like I just hated the direction it was going and was really having a hard time. So after talking to Jessie and kind of checking with what she was, you know, that lane she was going in, um, I had bought a, because I knew I wanted some beading. I was like, well, maybe if I just add beading to this dress, it will give it enough of a, uh, vintagey look. And so I had bought a scarf. Um, I'd looked at fabric. I didn't want to spend the money on just, you know, a yard of fabric or whatever. So I bought a, uh, beaded scarf or shawl off of Amazon. Um, and I tried to dye it because I could not find the right color and that did not work. So I ended up buying a, um, 1920s, like beaded flapper dress off of Amazon that was in a purple color um, for, I think I got it for $17, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got it super cheap. That's why I did that. I didn't realize it was cheap. And so I ordered that and I thought, okay, like this might work for part of it. Like I had kind of a, an idea in mind. Um, so I got the dress and, um, took, just completely took it apart. Every seam was taken apart, front, back, took the zipper out, took the, um, the lining underneath was really dark and I didn't want it that dark. And I knew I was going to add length to it cause I wanted a long, a long dress. So I took it apart and I laid it down on top of the remaining satin that I had and basically just out like made a dress outline and just made it a lot longer. So what it ended up having was the top looked like a flapper dress, you know, like a normal flapper dress. And then it had this, um, purple. I ended up detaching the fringe from the flapper dress and adding it to the bottom with some, um, gold trim around that. I added gold trim to different parts of the, uh, dress that I had put back together. Um, I added little off the shoulder sleeves with some flowy stuff. I don't even know what I call uh, the thing that attached to my arms, but it was this flowy pink um, chiffon. chiffon, yeah, sheer chiffon, and I tried to mimic the way Rapunzel, uh, her dress has like the split opening in the front. Um, I tried to mimic that, and then I had those attached. I just wanted a lot of flow. Um, I was really happy with how that all turned out. Um, it was a lot of just like playing with it as I went, adding trim and, and fringe here and there. Um, just figuring out what I, what I felt looked good there. Um, I ordered my wig on Amazon. Um, it was just a, it was just a Rapunzel wig. I had a, that was one thing I really struggled with after I finally got like the direction of the dress going where I wanted it to was if I wanted to 
do a short blonde like period specific wig or if I just wanted to lean really heavily on the fact like that the a Rapunzel wig would make me recognizable. I think it would have been hard. We had the discussion while you working on it it would be hard to make it read Rapunzel without long hair. right right but that isn't really you know 20s or 30s right most right people didn't wear the so like Jesse said that was one of the things I had to figure out where which way I wanted to compromise on um and I decided that I felt like the way like you know I'd rather have her iconic hair yeah. you know as a selling point to the Rapunzel um, so I ordered that wig. I didn't do anything to it, uh, because I knew I was going to have a headband. Uh, I added flowers to it. Um, so I just hot glued some flowers onto some bobby pins basically and stuck them in there. Um, I made a headband out of, um, trim and material that I had from dress. making the dress. Um, was happy with how that turned out. I played with a couple different versions of that, but... Uh, I had my husband print up, uh, her little chameleon friend Pascal on the 3D printer, um, and I ended up attaching magnets to his feet, and, um, then I made, like, a little magnet pocket in my dress. Um, it wasn't perfect. Uh, he fell off and broke a foot towards the end of the con, but I he actually... help. He, is, he was broken beforehand. Yes, he broke so, while I was working on him in the first place. That, After Yeah, I think that didn't help. Right probably would have survived the con yeah yeah he really lasted a pretty good I was more worried about him than I needed to be I think but um and then I actually after I had made my little magnet pocket on the shoulder of my dress for him to sit on I decided to do the same thing and put it put a mat I know I never used it (laughs) I put a little uh, magnet pocket up in my wig too and sewed it in there and so he could stand on my head and I I tried it out at home um and then never took him off my shoulder yeah. <laughs> during the con but I should have thought about that when you were messing with it so much but yeah. I totally forgot about yeah, it yeah I didn't even think about it but oh, well. um and then I very last thing I did to my dress was I decided to open up the side seams and put pockets in it uh because I had meant to do that when I was making it but I was so just but was just in kind of a flurry um and so I put pockets in it, and since I had pockets, I uh, had my, I was, I tried to find a um, lighter weight, um, cheap frying pan, didn't have any luck at all. I actually had seen where a different uh, Rapunzel cosplayer had bought a foam one off of uh, AliExpress, does oh, that sound yeah. right? Uh, anyway, I couldn't find that one, so I, we found a, like, toy one for like a, American girl style doll, um, a skillet and my husband just sized it up on the 3d printer and then I painted it and it worked. It was lightweight and I carried things around in it all day and the security people really liked it. Cause not, you don't really carry stuff in it all day. No, you I just put stuff in there to go through security. Security. Yeah. And then my food at lunch, I carried my That's food true. in it. <laughs> you, see, you couldn't really have carried, it was like a pan. So you could yes. have carried it like a bag. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, have to leave it flat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then um, really no issues uh, that I Pascal fell off my shoulder and broke a leg, yeah. and at the last 
hour of walking around the con. You, you know, were, we had you to lost a lot of fringe. Yeah, I did lose a lot of fringe. I don't know how to help uh, that. I don't know that there's a way. I've got like just a fringe. I don't know if I've I should have like machine. I don't think there's a way. Machine sewed it because I did. I hand sewed all the trim on. I, I don't think know. It was coming from the trim. I don't think it had anything to do with the way you sewed it because I've got a fringe like jacket and skirt set, mm-hmm. and it loses fringe. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know that they're not as bad as your skirt did, but also it was long, so people were stepping yeah. on it. I stepped on it a couple times, and I just don't think there was a way yeah. to, like, you know. But, yeah. So, yeah, I was really happy with it, all things considered. I, um, it was a fun one. It, I, you know, it was, it was a fun one to put together. It was a fun one to wear. Uh, like Jesse said, it really was received very well, um, what what were you most surprised about with C2E2 this year? Most surprised? Yeah, what was something that... Pleasantly or unpleasantly? Either way. Uh, most surprised. I was surprised at the variety of cosplay that we saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's probably the thing that's... Just, like, you know, we always kind of try to think of, like, what are we going to see a lot of? What are we not going to see a lot right. of? Uh, I was surprised at how late in the day people showed up and how late people stayed mm-hmm. um, I was surprised at uh, how long this morning whenever you told me how long the line was for autographs <laughs> for Hayden Christensen uh, like yeah there was a lot I was surprised I think one thing we both noticed was, um, we, well, two things uh, that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, number one, uh, we have a game with our friend Sheila, uh, Red Shoes, Red Wine. If you listen to the podcast, you know who Sheila is. Oh, yeah, we did at Comic Palooza. Um, yeah, and Dragon Con, we were texting. Did I, we yeah, I did, yeah. Um, but we counted the number of Loki cosplayers we saw because we just assumed there was going to be a lot. And I would say that this has, this con had the most Lokis. Yeah, that it was a lot of Lokis. <laughs> there was a lot uh, of Lokis. There were two Lokis in the costume yep. contest. Uh, a lot of Lokis. I, which, you know, it still is. wasn't very... It's, like, earlier this year. Right. Very popular. And, you know, a lot of people aren't lucky enough to get to go to as many conventions right. as we do. So, like, you know, someone that, that's the big convention. You know, for some people, C2E2 is, like, their Dragon Con. It's right. their big convention that right. they go to every year. So, for those people, like, I can kind of see why... You know, they might be doing their big, you know, what they think is going to be popular. And they were a lot of really good quality Lokis, just a lot more than I was expecting. I wasn't necessarily expecting that to still be as popular because to like me, it's like been there, done that. But also, like I said, for some people, this may be the first. For some people, that may have been the first convention they've gone to ever. It may have been the first convention they've gone to since COVID, you know. Right. Uh, you know, if we were not lucky enough to be able to travel to Houston and Grand Rapids and uh, Dragon Con to Atlanta, like, if we, you know, if we wouldn't have gone to mm-hmm. a convention since last C2E2. So, it, those were all very far yeah. uh, commutes for us, distances to travel for us. So, 
you know, that's, that's, I think, more I think of it, why maybe there were so many Loki's. Again, not a bad thing. It was just an observation. Yeah. There were a lot. And uh, Loki was definitely the number one cosplay we saw. I think so. Uh, But there was also a lot of anime cosplay, which I don't remember from last year, but... I remember a lot of Ghibli from last time, I feel like. But again, that's something I would be inclined to notice. Right. Um, But we actually talked to... um, our friends at another if you don't listen to them they have another uh cosplay podcast and it's called shit cosplayers say um and we actually met up with them uh we've been corresponding with them for a while now just wanting to uh catch up we're talking about doing an episode together um and crossover crossover that's from uh, i stole that from the law and order podcast i listened to um, Please don't sue us. <laughs> but uh, we caught up with them at dinner time, and we were kind of talking about these things with them. And they said that uh, the all the My Hero Academia people, right, uh, voice actors, yeah. all of them were there. I think is what they said. I think it was my yeah. Hero so they 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 said that was you know probably there why. There's some um, Demon Slayer people there too. I think Demon Slayer is really popular right now with. Uh, with the youth. youth, at least judging by my students that listen to anime or yeah. watch anime, that's a big one with them yeah. right now. Yeah. So, um, so we did a lot of walking around. Uh, one of my favorite things about C two E two is their artist alley. Yeah, they've got a good artist alley. Um, they and it's bring well designed. Yeah, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of really good talent that comes in. Um, we saw a lot, we always see a lot of artists that see. Or again, I say we always we've only been twice, but the, both times we've been, I think we see a lot of artists that we don't see at other cons. Yes. Whereas a lot of we see a lot of ones we do see at other cons uh-huh. too. But they just have so many that there's. But yeah, so we see people that we've never. So I'm going to give a little shout out to some of our favorite artists, real quick. And these aren't all artists. Some of them are over in the regular. Right. Part. Um. So and if you know, by the way, listener, how they decide which artists go in the artist alley and which artists end up you know over on the main let like, us know this is something we're vendor curious for about. yeah uh it, is it just when you sign up for a booth is it what is it what's happening there <laughs> let us know if you know I'm uh, so i'm curious. just gonna rattle off uh some names and some social media so emily cannon um and she has a website that is emilyillustrates.com um then there is Sydney Helgeth, um, and she is on Instagram at uh, Squidney Doodles. Um, we'll share pictures of all these business cards. Um, April Elizabeth Art, and she is on Instagram at Dilly.Pickles. <laughs> um, Jesse actually bought some cute little stickers. I bought a lot of cute stickers. Um, from a shop called Reese's Pieces. And they, they have said, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and, tw- and Twitter at Reese, Reese Art Pieces. And um, they also have a YouTube and a TikTok and an Etsy. But I'm sure you can get all it's, to they, all that they on. They said all the, all the, it's, all of the, the handles were the same. Okay, so They're the cool. same everywhere. Um, then there was one called um, Oshet Art. Okay. And they have... Uh, they have t- ooh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. And, um, and then uh, Jennifer Chavez, and she is on Instagram 
um, at jen.nefer with a K. Uh, once again, I'm going to put all these up because I'm sure I've yeah, mispronounced about yeah, half of them. So yeah, we don't, we just looked at their art. Listen, we, little, we're just giving you uh, a free plug. I'm sorry if I mispronounced <laughs> something. Um, but yeah, we will uh, check our social media because yep, I will tag, I will tag and post everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so those were just some of the, uh, art, uh, small businesses and art vendors I've mentioned that we saw that we really enjoyed. Um, we didn't do a lot of panels this year. Uh, we went to a she prop panel. Um, that's one thing I will say about C2E2. I don't feel like they have a ton of programming. Uh, I don't honestly don't remember what it was like before. before. I will say they did have a pretty well every half, like, every half hour a panel on the right. cosplay stage for most of the right day. right um, um one thing that we did uh, we it's, did, just, it's hard to compare because like they probably have as much programming as like a wizard world or right. now what will be a fan expo right uh it, i think you know it, it's it's such a big con that my tendency is to want to compare it to dragon con right but so it's definitely way less programming right. than dragon con but i don't think people go there for the programming as much right like, again theoretically it was as many people as dragon con if not more. did not feel like it <laughs> but when the, the the panels we went to or at least the panel we went to that she prop panel was we just rocked up like right as it was starting yep and it was pretty full yeah but like it wasn't like dragon con where you wait in line an hour right. to get in so um one thing that I think we probably complained about on our 2020 C2E2 roundup um, that I'm going to complain about again. Uh, not all panels are like this, but the cosplay um, stage where all of the cosplay panels are is right in the middle of the con floor. And it's nice because it is close to uh, some of the cosplayers booths and stuff, but it yeah, is so like right there. Right. It's, it's, easy, to it's easy. It's easy to get to when you're walking around the floor. But it is so loud. Um, I couldn't hear anything. It, yeah, we, it was really hard to hear the moderator um, and the guests as well. Um, hard to hear audience questions. Yeah, audience questions. Yeah, it Even was with just the microphone. It was hard. Way yeah, quiet. it was a lot. Um, but they need to hear. They need to put them in a room or something. Like, yeah, give them louder sound system. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand the logic of it being that quiet. Right. And then they have the world's loudest fucking DJ right. right outside, like, all right, did you want to hear 74 different remixes of the Beverly Hills Cop theme? Too bad, because you're going to anyway. <laughs> like, it was painfully loud, the DJ out there. Like, loud. I would have rather been able to hear the panel than be able to hear that DJ from 55 feet away. <laughs> right. So, uh, that's, yeah, they need to figure out yeah. something there. Because, again, it, it was pretty well full. Yeah. It was a very... You know, the panel that we panel. Went to, so clearly people are interested in it, and I'm sure not as interested as in the big celebrity panels, but still, yeah. you know, they should. If C2E2 is a big cosplay con, so. And if you're not gonna give them. Why have the panel if it's a panel that nobody can hear? Right. So, um, one positive thing I will say is uh, C2E2, they had it in 2020 as well. Um, but they're diff they were different. Um, they have these little booths in the cosplay s 
Central? Isn't that what it was called? I guess. I don't know what concert, if that's just that stage or yeah. if that's the whole So area, in the I little really cosplay area where the cosplayer booths and the stage for co the cosplay panels were, um, they have little booths for, um, they're like, photo prop setups. Yeah, like one looks, looks like a diner. diner like a and then like an apocalyptic like, city. Yeah. And then a forest. And then there was like a Doctor Strange um, yeah. thing. Um, but so it was just there for cosplayers to take pictures with and yeah, it was free yeah it was yeah. free like you don't have to pay anything yeah, you could just, and there wasn't even any lines or no anything. no rock up right and i just you know sure. um especially since it is december in chicago we went outside to take pictures and it was yeah. very cold and windy and um so that is a nice option right um, well, we went outside because we want to take our mask that's off. true that's true uh um, so the only other panel that we did other than the SheProp, uh, cosplay panel was the cosplay contest. Um, we are always excited about that. We're always looking to, uh, make sure that we get to those and making that a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we want to be able to talk about it on here. Um, and we like them anyway. There, it was a smaller cosplay contest this go around because, um, it was not the championship of cosplay this year uh, because of COVID. They didn't have, um, they didn't have all the cons to add to that group. So uh, it was just a small, smaller scale uh, cosplay contest. But the cosplays that people brought were outstanding. Uh, there was just a lot of really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Every bit as good as when it was the right, right. Crank championship. Right. Uh, the judges, I'm sure, had a really hard time with it because everything was just so different. Like. Everything had different aspects yeah, to yeah. it, and mm -hmm. um, but and everybody's work just looked top notch from yeah, where we were at. It, and we've mentioned it before how difficult it would be to compare. Yeah. That there has to be some subjectivity to right, it, right? Right. Uh, because how else would you compare? Uh, you know, really, really extensive foam work, but zero sewing. Like there right. was a guy who did a ton of like prop building. But his pants were like modified sweatpants, uh -huh, uh -huh. to which that's like that's like my style. -y. <laughs> but then, how do you compare that to someone who does zero prop work? Right. But they, you know, sew ball gown. Right. Ah, uh, so I like you said. I think it has to be quite a bit subjective yeah, for sure. Um, and I think a lot of it probably has to do with what you might be an expert in. So if you're really really good at sewing, you might do that either easier or more critically since you're qualified to look at it more quickly critically or if you're really really good at foam making same thing you know would you be like oh I know how hard foam making is so I'm going to count this as more right. or oh I can see all the little imperfections that someone else may not notice right. so uh it's just hard interesting. to tell yeah, yeah uh, so like like we said there was a lot of really good um Really good cosplays, the winners. Um, I'm going to tag, I'm sure I'll share a picture with this episode, and I'll tag those uh, people's Instagram handles. Um, but the first place was a Soundwave from Transformer. They got the first place. Um, second place was a Raven Queen from D Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and then third place was Marion Lavore, the Ruby of the Sea from Critical Role. Um, we talked about how interesting it was that second and third place were both um made off fan art 
Yeah, well, yeah, the one, it was straight up, like, the accredited fan art. Like, they right. said, this is the specific, right. the Ruby of the Sea. Yeah, the third place. She said, here is the fan art that I'm going off of, and it uh-huh. showed the fan art. As we mentioned, that was one thing we liked about the costume contest, was that it showed a picture and what the character right, was from right. up on the screen. But the other one, she just kind of looked at all the fan art. And, like, historical references. Uh-huh. They both took a lot of... Uh, took inspiration from artwork and yeah there was they're both characters that there is no visual right canonical representation for so like it's not something like you know a marvel movie or a star wars movie where you've got a thousand references of the exact costume from the movie or even a cartoon where you can look at like this is what that is they're both characters that only exist in words and right. stories there's right. no no one visual so there's maybe a description of them so not that that made their costumes any less beautiful they were not but uh that seems to be a trend which i kind of like yeah. as um you know within the cosplay community like right. people I, using a lot more fan art and yeah and well and i think a lot of that comes from you know there's only so many versions of like same thing with mashups we see a lot more mashups right. now too uh oh i don't know about that about there being more than like when i started per se but i think i see a more maybe more in like the costume contest like mm-hmm. uh more less screen accurate stuff yeah more yeah. more more uh, acceptance of things that aren't 100% screen accurate, right. which I think is great, uh, which for reasons that we've discussed at length, listen to our right. other episodes, but um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting that it's become more widely accepted. Yeah, um, no, but there was a lot of really beautiful things, and uh, like we said, the judges, I'm sure, had a really hard time deciding, because... Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. I yeah. think it's, it's... I think, again, it would have to be just about subjective, because... It would be hard for me not to just pick, like, what I think is the most beautiful or what I would wear or what I yeah. think is the most creative. I wish there was more, like, again, we always say that we want, like, the exact rules they're given. But I also kind of wish that more costume contests had a... I wish there was uh, more criteria for, like, creativity. Uh, you know. But we don't know. I mean, sometimes we know. Sometimes they tell us. The Crown yeah. Championships of Cosplay, they tell yeah. us the breakdown. Uh, and maybe that's something that, again, subjectively the judges look at. Right. You know, because, I, I don't know. I just, you know, sometimes I'll be like, that. okay, that may not have been the most difficult thing to build, but it was really creative to think of using this thing in that way, a really creative mashup idea. So, I don't know. That generally impresses me more than, you know, or just as much, I guess, as... I th- the, you know, I made $6,000 of EVA guns or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or I sewed 4 million little petals. Because, like, stuff like that that's repetitive, that's really only showing one skill. So something that shows a lot of creativity or a lot of different skills, to me, is more impressive than I made. Not that it's not a beautiful, like, none of it is stuff that I could do. So, like, I couldn't have made any of those costumes in the costume contest yeah so i don't want to only mention negative things there are a lot of positive things that c2e2 did that nobody else does c2e2 is and i think all read pop conventions or all the ones i've been to uh are one of the few that mail their badges out in advance 
So we didn't have to go and pick them up at Will Call. We had our actual badges to get in uh, to the convention. So we could just go straight to the convention Saturday morning, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. And very few conventions do that. I think they've got a pretty good security system on that with the activation and everything. Um, I that, that seems to be a good system to me. Yep. Um, and like I said, the costume contest, uh, I think have been some of the better organized costume contests. I really like the way they've got their vendor hall set up. It's a nice big area, uh, where, you know, one side is the artist alley. I like the, they've got that little yard that the revolution Mm -hmm, brewing does mm -hmm. that, uh, kind of a little out, outdoor, indoor pub thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh. Uh, that's nice little feature. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, uh, especially if it is close in your area. I would say it's pretty affordable, mm-hmm. uh, convention wise. It's not insanely expensive. Autograph prices and stuff. It was Epic Photos, who are the same people that do it for Dragon Con, yeah. so pretty comparable prices. I think a lot of that, honestly, anymore is set by the booking agency for the celebrities. Right. Um,. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't want to just dump all over C2E2, but I do want to acknowledge that there was stuff that... Yeah. we're here to give you the pros and the cons. Yeah, there was stuff that was whack. Yeah, yeah. so that's C2E2 roundup for you. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. If you have a con that you think we should visit, uh, let us know. Yeah, especially if it's about Springtime, yeah. some springtime cons. <laughs> um yeah, we're interested. Uh, you can follow along yeah, with us. It'd be nice to go to at least one con a season, like a winter con, a spring con, a summer con, and then dragon con as our fall con. Um, you can, yeah, that. Um, you can follow along with us on our social medias. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on Twitter. Um, we are over there, Cosplay Pod. Um, you can send us stuff there, or you can send us stuff over on the email where Jesse hangs out. Yeah, at our email, you can send weird fish pics, um, interesting plants, and mushrooms. Anything that Paige already mentioned, you can send to us. Um, you can send us corrections, things that we screwed up. If you know, Or if there's something we say, hey, I don't know why they do this, and you do know why they do this, or you know where we can find that out. Let us know that because if we mention something, it's because we're genuinely interested right. and we think that you guys might be too. So if you know, like I said, if you know why some artists are on artist side and some artists are on regular vendor side, or if you know why C2E2 does their security that way, if there's something we're missing, or if you know why uh, C2E2 doesn't uh, put good information on their website, then uh, let us know. Like, again... Uh, that's something I'm interested to know. If we wonder about something and you know the answer, that's not really a correction, but educate us. Um, cosplay challenge uh, ideas. Cosplay challenge ideas, or like I said, at this point, hopefully those cosplay challenge ideas will mostly be for conventions. Uh, but we'd be happy to. We still have not decided on cosplays for Dragon Con. Uh, we still don't have cosplays for most of the conventions we're doing this year. So, uh, or at least not full cosplays. So send us those ideas if you've got them, things you think would be cool if we did, because we need them. Uh, maybe we'll put up some more surveys one day. Yeah. 
Uh, any episode ideas that you have yeah. uh, for filler content in between cons? Because there's always yeah, going to well, be. I don't want to call it filler content because I think that implies well, other. I just mean, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, again, there's. Filling only... in between cons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many conventions. We like to keep doing the podcast anyway, but, you know, we would like to do stuff that you guys are interested in. So if you want us to do some research into a topic, we'll try to do some research. If you want us to do. Uh, cosplay challenge. We'll do a cosplay challenge. If you want us, you know, let us know. Tell us about it. Uh, where can they send that stuff? Uh, I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, questions for I ask you a question or answers for I ask you a question or I'm going to ask you a question or whatever we're calling that segment. <laughs> uh, you can send any of that, uh, to cosplayingcocktailspod at gmail.com. Mm, that's gmail.com. Um, okay, are we done? We're done. Okay, bye! Bye! Sheila! <laughs> I went to see Tchaikovsky!